Welcome to the Ridley College Chapel podcast. Our mission is to equip men and women for God's mission in a rapidly changing and increasingly complex world. For more information, visit ridley.edu.au. Hi, everyone. It's uh, great to be with you today. Uh, It was lovely just flicking through the photos and uh, uh, the videos and seeing uh, your faces. Now, you might think this is an odd choice for a G-up. I, di- I didn't really realise it was meant to be a G-up, but uh, the passage speaks of woe and uh, escaping with your life and great destruction, uprooting, etc. cetera. Uh, but I think it's a really helpful passage, and I hope you'll agree in the next few minutes. Uh, first of all, we meet this fellow called Baruch, um, who is the son of Neriah. He's, he's a kind of minor Old Testament character, I suspect not many of us have given him much thought in the past. Uh, Baruch apparently, from verse 2, if you have a look, was the secretary to the great prophet Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah wrote this massive book and, well, in a sense, Baruch wrote it because he's the one who wrote it down. Uh, Baruch gets a few mentions in the book of Jeremiah uh, and and this he gets in in chapter 45, he gets his own chapter to himself, his own chapter in in the book. It's a rather short one, so it's perfect uh, for a sermonette. Uh, It's not just its brevity, though, that makes it relevant for today. I think it's interesting to see what Baruch laments. So in a sense, uh, Baruch sends out a complaint to God about two things. First of all, in verse 3, about his unrelieved suffering, and then in verse 5, about his unfulfilled ambitions. First of all, note his suffering in verse 3. He says, Woe to me, the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am worn out with groaning and find no rest. So uh, he's been listening to Jeremiah preach doom and destruction, the disaster of exile in response to the idolatry of God's people. And I think the parallels to our own day attempting to draw, we ought not to draw them too closely. I think exile is probably worse than what we're experiencing. But many of us are sitting here in lockdown again, uh, back on Zoom, wondering when it will all end. Uh, We can identify with Baruch feeling worn out, thinking of our own plight, that of the city of Melbourne, of our country and even our world. So how does God answer Baruch's complaint? Uh, It's rather surprising, I think. In verse 4, he says, I will overthrow what I have built and uproot what I have planted throughout the earth. I think it's important to get the intonation right when reading this. Really, God is saying, I will overthrow what I have built and uproot what I have planted. So there's a sense in which God himself is lamenting the destruction It is the judgment of God and the nation, but it's a judgment which comes with tears. And we see that right through the book of Jeremiah. Um, It's all the more heartbreaking when you poured yourself into something and then it it comes unstuck. Just to illustrate, uh, we're not a Lego family. I don't know how many of you are into Lego, Uh, but for the sake of Toby, our son Nat and I persevered with Toby and our greatest achievement was a Millennium Falcon. We built a Millennium Falcon. I know that's uh, really exciting for you to hear. And we had some friends over, and uh, one of the younger sons of our friends uh, was uh, known to be a bit destructive, let's say. So we put the Millennium Falcon on our bed upstairs with the door shut and a chair in front of the door. We thought it was fine. 
when we left, we had a lovely time with our friends. We went upstairs and uh, that little um, son had got into the room and destroyed our Millennium Falcon. It was left completely in pieces. We've never gone back to Lego again. It was our pride and joy and it was such a painful thing to see it destroyed. That's how God feels about the nation Israel. He'd spent a thousand years building and planting the nation and now destruction will be brought on them by their own idolatry and unfaithfulness. And as Ezekiel says, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So in response to Baruch's lament, God says, I understand what you're going through. And the fact is, I feel it even more than you do. So in our lockdown grief, in isolation, and uh, maybe we're feeling along with Baruch that we're worn out with groaning and unable to find rest. There's comfort here, friends. In a strange way, God says to us, I know your suffering. Uh, regularly in the Old Testament, uh, when they're in slavery in Egypt, in the wilderness wanderings, in exile, God regularly uh, uh, comforts his people by reassuring them that he knows what they're going through. He knows them intimately and personally. The prophet Nahum put it this way, the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. And the first step towards comfort when you're suffering is to understand that someone knows you're suffering. And uh, Jeremiah 45 assures us that God knows exactly what each one of us is going through. What does God make of Baruch's unfulfilled ambition in verse 5? Should you then seek great things for yourself? Kind of feel sorry for Baruch, don't you? He spent uh, years being Jeremiah's uh, word processor and Jeremiah was the most hated critic in the nation of the government authorities. And uh, so he'd really thrown his hat in with the wrong ring. Uh, maybe he was hoping for high office. We don't know. Great things were certainly out of the question for Jeremiah. And I think all of us have some ambition. All of my ambitions are in part godly and in part selfish. Um, and maybe you're a bit like that. Many, maybe some of you dream of being a Jeremiah or a Moses, or a Paul, a great leader, preacher, teacher, church planter, evangelist, pastor. Uh, the truth is we're all more like Baruch. We're more like Moses' sister. We're more like uh, Paul's nephew, playing much smaller roles in a much bigger story. In fact, God's response to Baruch's ambition is to rebuke him. He says, should you seek great things for yourself, do not seek them. Um, I suspect Baruch, as I said, is no one's hero in the Bible, but all of us are more like Baruch than Jeremiah, more like Moses' sister and uh, more like Paul's nephew. We play minor roles in God's plans for the world. And that plan, God says in Jeremiah 45, is to bring disaster on all people, to bring judgment on the people of God. The reason Baruch should forego his selfish ambitions is that God has bigger plans. In this case, it's not a great plan from the people of God's point of view, but they deserve it. It's exile. Baruch had dreams. God had other plans. And those plans involved the whole earth, as we see in verse 4. So whatever God was doing in judging Israel, it was part of his plan for the salvation of all of the earth, for the reconciliation 
of all people to God, all kinds of people, the people of God in our day, the church. So it was one step in the process towards our salvation. God says to Baruch, forget about seeking great things for yourself. I have my own plans. And I think that's true, friends. The choice for all of us is between taking a starring role in our own short story, the genre of which may well end up being a farce, or a bit part in the grand story of God and the redemption of the world. And that's what Baruch had. He had a small part. He was an unimportant person, an insignificant person in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes, he had a significant part. He wrote down Jeremiah's prophecies. And the same was true of Moses' sister. Moses' sister saved his life. And Paul's nephew, Paul's nephew saved his life. All of us have a small part in a much bigger plan. So when our plans are thwarted, we should remember that in the end, the important thing is God's plans for the world. Now, finally, in response to Baruch's complaints about his unrelieved suffering and unfulfilled ambitions, God says at the end of verse 5, this is the only positive bit in the whole passage, I will let you escape with your life. Baruch had recorded Jeremiah's predictions of mayhem and slaughter in the streets of Jerusalem, which was pretty confronting to write down, I'm sure. But the comforting news is, if we quote the Hebrew literally, I will give your life as a booty, as a prize of war. In the coming conflict, Baruch, you will survive. But your only spoils will be that your life will be saved. Baruch's ambitions will not be realised, but his life will be spared from the coming judgment. He can count on God's ultimate protection. Now, we also, of course, have this promise. We might not have our dreams realised, even those involving the kingdom of God. But the good news is in the coming day of judgment, we will be saved from God's wrath. So this intriguing little chapter I find really encouraging in the end because in lockdown five, we hear God's word to us that he recognises our pain, he knows our suffering, he has a bigger plan of which we are playing a small part and he promises to save our lives. Amen.